Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. How's everybody doing today? This is your host, William Moore, and this is Chill Time as Will Time. Um, I'd like to appreciate everybody for joining in today. I have another exciting interview. Um, and so, like always, you know, I can't wait to get to that. I would like to also thank everybody who um, listened to the last episode, uh, my critique on the movie Black Klansman. And for everybody who kind of, uh, you know, sent me some comments, I was pleased to hear, you know, one of the comments specifically, somebody saying that they had kind of, they went to go see the movie with their significant other. And um, they they enjoyed the movie, but they hadn't quite thought of it in the uh, in the in, in in the fashion that I, that I I did, and weren't really aware of those possible feelings that they could raise up in people of color based on their reactions. So I was pleased to hear that they kind of took that into account, and they it, you know not to say that they were like I said that the way that they enjoyed the movie or perceived the movie was wrong any or at or wrong or anything like that. But I really wanted to raise people's awareness, especially if you're not a person of color, how people of color may feel while watching the movie um, and seeing people who who aren't people of color watching the movie and how they might, you know, laugh or find amusement out of certain parts. So it was really awesome for me to hear that they, you know, listened to what I said and it gave them a new perspective on how to... uh, how to think about it, you know, how they view, you know, movies with such heavy content and uh, bring awareness to them about how um, someone else might feel, um, especially a person of color. But um, I digress. I'm kind of going to move move forward and kind of talk about more about uh, the topic we're going to have today. So um, you guys have also been aware that I've kind of recently I've done several interviews with sex workers and kind of been uh learning more and more about the world of sex work talking to sex workers um they're you know interviewing them and and getting uh getting information on their lives um how they got into the work their feelings about it uh past history how it's affected their lives the future of sex work and um I have another uh, pretty exciting uh, guest today who is also going to talk about it. So as you can see, my interest in learning about something new has kind of turned itself into a a mini series on this podcast. Um, And I'm all for it. As long as um, I can learn something new, learn something different, um, and I can grow myself as a person, uh, you know, emotionally, intellectually, and, and, and be, you know, Help to be an advocate for for others, other other marginalized groups and people. I am willing to do that. So, um, without further ado, I would like for my guest. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself, ma'am? Um, hi, I'm Clissa Morgan, and um, I'm a sex worker, which obviously covers a broad range of areas. 
Um, so currently, I am a peep show dancer, a cam girl, and then I also make my own um, amateur porn content. So. All right. So thanks for joining us. Joining us. Um, when you and I uh, initially had, you know, got contact, uh, had contact, we kind of talked about how uh, one area that I hadn't talked about uh, in my podcast with sex workers is um, touched more on the difficulties or the strengths or weaknesses or trials and tribulations or basically, basically your journey with, you know, being a sex worker, but how that might affect your personal relationships, whether they be... Um, relationships with family, which we touched a little bit on um, in my uh, conversation uh, with Jessica and PJ Sage, but not really, um, we didn't really touch on how they can affect romantic relationships. And so when you and I kind of talked about that and brought that up as a topic or, you know, or discussed that, I thought, you know, that would be an excellent, and actually I think it was you who brought it up first, um, so that would be an excellent podcast topic to talk about because it's something that um, I think is, is is overlooked. Correct. Yeah. That what that was actually. I did reach out asking you um, if you had any uh, podcasts centering around relationships and sex work and what that looks like. Um, I think a lot of the attention lately has been going to um, Sessa and Fosso and you know self care and boundaries within sex work, which you know, are amazing topics, um, but how does that look in personal relationships? It's something I think I've really struggled with, um, so, you know, I guess lately I've been reaching out, um, you know, trying to start a conversation about that. Yeah, I definitely think, um, and because of that, you know, the subject matter, um, I think it's going to be a really great and enlightening episode. And I also think that it's great to, because as, as much as I take the time to like learn um, about your industry and talk to different people, um, yeah, I can be an advocate and yeah, I can speak out and say, you know, sex workers are people too, and they experience this, that, and other. But it, as far as I'm concerned, no one tells their story better than those individuals themselves. Like, there's no way I would ever be able to speak on what a sex worker goes through better than, you know what I'm saying, more than a sex worker. And so I like to be, I like to be cognizant of that. And it always kind of bothers me when I hear people um, talking about a group of people or a subject matter um, that they've learned about, but they forget to um, denote or put out there or preface that, you know, while I'm talking about this and while I may be knowledgeable about it or maybe gaining more knowledge about it, I am still an outsider and I still cannot speak on this subject matter better than someone who um, who is living the life. And so that's why I thought it was really important to to kind of have you to not guess and not assume, but really have you come on and come talk about that. Well, it's funny that you say about <clears throat> guessing or assuming, because um, like after I reached out to you and I agreed to do this podcast, I really started going through um, so much self-doubt, you know, like, who am I to speak on this? Like, you know, I go through my own struggles and failures in my personal relationships, and um, maybe that's not the best thing to lead with or, or talk about. Um, but I just, I'm really excited to open up a conversation or, or dialogue about relationships um, while in sex work, and uh, maybe this will spark someone after me who, who is way more experienced and or has different insights or, um, you know, personal experiences that they want to share about it. So um, I'm really excited for that potential outcome as well. Awesome, awesome. So how long have you been involved in sex work? Um, since I was 18. And I am 31 now. Okay. So pretty much my whole adult life. Um, I did take a two, about almost a three-year break um, where I retired from sex work completely. And I was in school and working minimum wage jobs. And um, it just wasn't, it wasn't making sense. Um, and so it was really nice and liberating to go back to sex work. And I think to be a little bit older and wiser and, a little bit more um, sure and grounded in my choices. Right. And was it, um, was taking the break or the hiatus from sex work 
not fulfilling because it wasn't fulfilling financially. It wasn't fulfilling uh, emotionally or physically, or was it all of the above? Like you felt like this is, this is who you are. And for you to truly feel liberated, this is what you needed to do. Yeah. Um, I think what really led to it was, um, I let myself get too burnt out. Um, and I wasn't practicing self care and boundaries, you know, with myself and the relationships around me. Um, so at first the high ideas for the break was great, you know, and I left a lot of myself and, you know, my own issues and therapy and, um, just to get a better relationship and understanding of, you know, what I really wanted as I was getting older. Um, and I realized that um, sex work provided me with freedom and creativity that I wasn't able to, to find anywhere else. Um, and I felt that I was receiving more um, like abuse and discrimination and expectations working these minimum wage jobs, you know, trying to pay my way through college. Um, and it just wasn't feasible. Like there's just not enough hours in a day, you know, to do both successfully and, and healthily. So, um, it was it was good, you know, but I think after a while, like, you know, you just get bored because sex work is pretty exciting. <laughs> right. So with these, you, you know, you talked, you know, um, briefly about your experiences and, you know, having to work the minimum wage jobs and stuff like that and some of the abuse, abuse that you faced uh, through those, you know, in those professions and um, how you you know, coming back to sex work after the break, how I just felt so liberating. Has that with, so with that knowledge or that sitting in your mind, has that given you, has that had an effect on, um, how long you wanted sex work to be a career? Like, is it a thing where you like, you're like, all right, uh, I'm doing sex work. I also realized that I've burned out from it before because I wasn't practicing self care, but at the same time, you know, I, you know, wasn't doing it and I faced all sorts of abuse and it wasn't financially sensible um, or pragmatic for you. Um, do you look at it and say, all right, I'm going to do this, but I got a time clock on it. I'm going to do it for X amount of years and then I'm going to stop. Or are you going to or are you like, I'm just going to ride it to the wheels fall off. Like, I'm going to do it until I feel like I just don't want to do it anymore. And then then I'll have a game plan after that. Actually, a really good question, um, and it's, it really reminds me of um, something my my ex-wife, well, she would always be asking, you know, um, are you going to do sex work forever? When are you going to quit? How long are you going to be doing this for? Um, and that really bothered me because I don't see, um, like, a timeline on sex work. Right. As far as, like, aging goes, I think that really feeds into the idea that, um, you know, sex work is for younger women, which... It's not, obviously. Right. Um, so I don't have a timeline, but as long as I'm in this industry and I'm able to be healthy and happy personally, um, I will continue to do it and advocate for it, definitely. That's awesome. And then even, too, when the time comes that I do retire from sex work in a direct capacity, um, I still want to have some um, foot in the community, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's the approach I think people should have no matter what industry they're in. As long as you, like you say, like don't burn out. You, you're practicing self-care and you're getting, you know, fulfillment and enjoyment out of the work. Um, it doesn't seem like a chore and you're able to, you know, you're, you're, you're regularly practicing um, that self-care. You do it just like you would do any other job, you know, any Fortune 500 company. You retire when you feel like you just don't want to work anymore and just go with it. And I feel, too, um, you know, we're, we're so hard on women, like, oh, you're reaching your late 20s or your late 30s, and you should really be thinking about something else. I feel like I didn't hit my stride or my confidence in sex work in regards to my work and um, not allowing society to shame me or carrying that shame. I didn't be, become comfortable with that or an advocate for myself in that way. And I hit my late 20s and in my early 30s. Um, so I think that's definitely something to keep in mind, too. Right, right, right. So I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you, like, a, you know, one or two more background questions, kind of just about yourself so people can, you know, get a little bit more um, 
like know a little bit more about you personally, and then we're going to talk about the whole relationship aspect and um, the uh, the different layers of that. Um, so, okay. so as an individual, like what type of interests and stuff do you have outside of work? Like, what keeps you busy and entertains you? Well, I grew up on a farm, um, so I really still hold on to uh, anything outdoors. So camping, hiking, horseback riding. Um, I love going to farmer's markets on the weekends. Um, I taught myself how to cook, so I do like a lot of cooking and um, creative things like poetry, making jewelry, painting, um, stuff like that. And do you find that losing, really losing touch with those things before is what really, you know, essentially made you burn out and need to take that break, right? Yes. I would say the hardest thing with um, sex work and being self-employed in that capacity is you always feel like you have to be on. You know, you always feel like you have to be working. You know, there's so much admin work that goes on behind, you know, sex work behind the scenes that... You know, our fans or our, our customers, they don't see, you know. Um, so I think just being able to put the phone down or step away from the computer and to get outside and engage in those activities and not feel guilty about it, uh, it's so important. And that was something that I had lost before and had to get back to and, you know, not feel guilty for not working 24-7. Right. It's not healthy for everyone. So I got a question on that. Like, I want you to elaborate on a little bit before. So do you think that that too may have been a little bit more of like maybe your personality or your habits and not the industry? And what I mean by that is like, like, for instance, like I'm the type of person like I had to learn to, um, you know, doing community work and stuff like that, how to turn it off. So it wasn't like, I mean, it is a lot of work and you do have to do stuff all the time, but there were some times where even, I guess I didn't necessarily have work to do, but I was still bringing work home and doing stuff because I'm always thinking like, how do you get ahead? Yeah. How do I do that? And I know it's a little bit different for you because I, w- I wasn't self-employed, right? I'm, 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 you know, I'm working on the clock or working on the budget and someone else is paying me and you, you, you know, you do have to sort on sort like hustle or be on the grind more because what you get paid depends solely on the amount of work you do. Whereas for me, how much the work I did didn't necessarily dictate how much the amount of money I got paid. It just, it was, uh, how much, how much easier it made the work for me down the line. Do, do yeah. am I clear with that? Yeah. Um, I, I can't speak for everyone else. But it is a theme that I have run across in um, other sex workers that I'm friends with that have talked to online on Twitter is, you know, that constant feeling of having to be on or, um, I guess, not bringing work home with you because, you know, usually we're at home with our work on the laptop, but just trying to disengage. Um, And I think, too, that is something that's really come up in my, my personal relationships. Um, I think it's hard for, you know, a partner who is not in sex work to not take it personally. You know, when I say, hey, I know we have this great date night planned, but I didn't meet my quota yesterday and I need to go into the strip club. Or, hey, I know we were supposed to go see your parents for dinner, but my sugar daddy just called and, you know, I have to go see him or or whatever it is. Um, You know, it's different when your partner works at 9 to 5, and their boss calls and says, hey, you have to go into work. Um, but when you're in sex work, it looks and feels very different. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, as you, you I mean, you just kind of started, you know, you, you led into relationships. And so, I mean, and that's one of the main reasons, or that's the main focus of this episode. So, I, I kind of want to get into those questions. So, um, relationships are tough for anybody. Um, but I can imagine that, that, that can, there can be some type of extra burden or extra work that as a sex worker, you may need to put into your relationship, especially if the, you know, the partner, as you said, isn't in the line of work or lacks some type of understanding or maybe isn't, isn't so secure. You know what I'm saying? Would you say that's true? I do. And I think, um, you know, finding a partner is secure and does understand and respect sex work as valid work is probably the number one key 
to having a successful relationship, but it sounds good in theory, but it's so hard to do in practice. You know, um, you don't really know until you're actually in a relationship how someone is going to react in, in those situations. Right, right. Because I'm sure a lot of people go, you know, may even go into it thinking that, yep, I can do this. But as I always say, you know, never say never. Like, it's one thing to say you can do something, but when you're actually faced yeah. with it or, you know, it's, it, it's, it's another thing to actually follow through. And yeah. so, you know, that looks totally different for, for different people. And, and I, then, Go ahead. And then also, too, it's so important, you know, we all do go with feelings of um, jealousy or taking things personal um, and of course that's going to be magnified in a relationship with a sex worker but what's so important for me has been how does my partner uh, respond and react to that you know how do they bring that to me um, do they shame me do they make me feel bad um, about it that's always been the thing that, that I've struggled with in my personal relationships anyways yeah, and I think that's something. I I think to be honest with you, and I just I guess that just goes to show you, um, to me at least the way I look at it, how um, sex worker sex workers like or sex work isn't a lot different from other work from other you know having a different profession or a sex worker is no different from anybody else because a lot of the same troubles or difficulties you speak of like that's something that anybody. Um, can run into that's those are different issues that I've run into in relationships as far as somebody being secure enough to be able to um, handle the fact that you may or may or may not have enough time or be able to go do this or that or be understanding of you know your feelings or emotions at the time or the type of people that you are in contact with yeah I guess that's the part that that makes I guess so tough for me anyways um, sometimes being a sex worker can be isolating in itself yes and then when you add a relationship with another person you have to take into consideration um, so many different aspects like I might be out to my partner about sex work but my friends might not know or their parents might not know or even our siblings might not know um, so sometimes you feel like the relationship that you have the issues that you have within a relationship as a sex worker, like, you don't really have anyone that you can go and, and talk to it about, um, because they don't have the same understanding, or, or they're not out, or, or you being out with your partner, um, in jeopardy, as far as, like, their, their job, or, you know, their life, or, you know, family, and stuff like that, um, so it's almost a, a double sense of isolation, I guess. Oh, I can I can see that. Um, so for you personally, like, how have you know what have relations been for you? Um, you know, with you being a sex worker, like successful, difficult, or just all around like confusing, like not knowing what to expect from you know from day to day or what what not. I think for the most part, my relationships have kind of been. A reflection of my relationship with myself at in life. Wow. Okay. Um, so when I first started out in sex work, I was very insecure and um, had no idea or concept self love or self care, and you know my relationships really reflected that. And I ran into people who were very abusive and were very exploitive to me. Um, and then so you know, recovering from that and, and moving into, you know, the other relationships that I have that were successful, you know, to a point, I just think, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, that's fine. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Okay, so, it's, it's weird for me because my life and my relationships are separated from when I was monogamous, and now I identify as polyamorous. So my relationships before were not very successful. You know, not all of them were bad or awful, but I wasn't truly 100% happy. 
Um, and now that I've shifted to a polyamorous way of dating and lifestyle, um, I just feel like my confidence um, in knowing what I want and need in a partner is a lot better, and my ability to like communicate and express my needs um, and to set boundaries. Um, so, so yeah, I hope that answered the question. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for those who don't know what, you know, polyamory and polyamorous is, can you explain that to them? Um, yeah, so, you know, being polyamorous, I believe that not one partner can or should be expected to fit all of my needs. Um, and I consider myself ethically non-monogamous. Um, you know, so all my partners know about my other partners. Right. So, and so for people who would listen to that and go, oh, well, that sounds like polygamy. Can you explain to them like the difference? Because me, for me, I look at it as like polygamy is more like rooted in like legal verbiage and like religion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and so they're, and so they're a little different because I mean, we know how dogmatic and restricting like religion can be. And, and, and I think from you know from your definition what i know about it polyamory like it it um i guess it frees you of that like rigid structure um and this dogmatic and these dogmatic beliefs correct and i think polygamy is a lot more centered around um, like a patriarchal point of view yes um you know polygamy like in, in mormon in islam you see it with men having multiple wives Right, but the um, woman is, like, restricted to just the one man. Um, yes. Right. And, you know, being poly is absolutely nothing like that. Um, and what I like about being polyamorous is because they also identify as pansexual. So that allows me to um, to date, you know, different sexes and to get, um, you know, the qualities from both that I crave and to not feel bad or ashamed about it. Um, which I think is so important. Right. So then let's go, let's do a sort of like a, a compare and contrast, so to speak. So, and, and I granted, I know too, it's going to be like, it'll be, to be honest, a little bit of a, a, a false equivalency. And when I, once I, once I ask the question, you'll understand why. The question I was wanted to ask is, what have your relationships, compare and contrast like your relationships, um, while you were a sex worker versus your relationships when you weren't a sex worker. And the reason I say that it's a little bit of a, I realize that it's a little bit of a false equivalency because you've already told us how, you know, like most of your adult life, you've been a sex worker. So any relationship that you've had before that, obviously you're at a different stage in life and a different, so therefore a different stage of maturity and understanding of yourself and others. Well, it's, there actually really is no difference because in the mm, okay. three years that I did not do sex work in any form, you know, I was dating at that time, um, dating someone quite seriously, and it didn't matter that I wasn't actively doing sex work. That person knew I had done sex work in the past. So every time we would fight, that was something that would be thrown in my face. So, you know, after a while, you kind of start to feel like, well, if I'm being accused and being shamed for this, supposedly awful thing I did in the past, you know, I, I might as well do it now. Like, what's the difference? I'm still being punished for it. Okay, I understand. So I totally, you totally you got me on that one because I was totally, like, assuming, one, you know, one way or the other that it might be a little bit different and the only difference you might have would have been because of the age. But to hear that it was the same, that was, that was pretty enlightening for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just sad to say that the stigma does um, follow us around. Um, not with everyone, you know, because I do have partners now in my life that know I'm a sex worker and, and fully support and embrace it um, and support me in ways that, you know, I didn't have before. And that just totally, you know, blows my mind. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. It feels right. And, um, and I think just kind of congratulating myself that I've been able to, you know, get to that point. Because I think that's something we all desire and strive for is healthy relationships and, you know, the ability to love and be loved. Right. So do you think that, 
so even though you're in a good place relationship is wise and stuff um <clears throat> do you think that it would be easier to be in a relationship with another sex worker or do you think it really doesn't matter it just kind of falls more on chemistry value set and stuff like that I think I don't know because honestly I've never been in a relationship with a fellow sex worker I have now partners um, play partners and partners in my life that are currently sex workers but as far as like that very intimate one-on-one um, main partner personal relationship none of my partners have been sex workers so that's something I've always wondered and I've been curious about and um, yeah I would love to date a sex worker I just think that would be so amazing and awesome right right so do you think that living under the idea or with the idea of the quote-unquote traditional relationship is probably in fact the biggest obstacle uh, for sex workers who are in relationships um, or yeah. or and, and, may, and let me even go even farther do you think being that you identify as poly do you think that that might be the biggest obstacle in successful relationships to anyone not just a sex worker it's, but anybody else oh are you suggesting that um, that polyamorous might be a bigger hurdle for a potential partner overcome than sex work no 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 no. what i'm saying is do you think that polyamorous like like being polyamorous is actually something that is like more natural for anybody or it would be easier for anybody not just a sex worker yes 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 i do okay that's what i was getting at because i mean i can't speak for everyone i think that there are people who are naturally monogamous and more comfortable that way and more right. happy. But I, I think the vast majority of us, we are not monogamous. And, you know, we go through a large portion of our lives trying to fit into this traditional idea of relationships and, and then feeling bad when, when we don't, you know, feeling shamed or, or that we're not good enough or we're not good at relationships or we'll never have a successful one. Um, when we don't realize, we can just rewrite the terms, rewrite the rules, like, even if you are monogamous or, or polyamorous or dating a sex worker or whatever, you know, there's our relationships and we have to take control and, and decide, you know, what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And it might look different than the person next to us. And, and that's okay, you know? Right, right, right. So once you decided to, like, take that leap and get out of the, you know, the idea or figure out for yourself that like the idea of a you know the traditional structured relationship wasn't uh, wasn't for you, and you really you know kind of found yourself and and realized that like I'm I'm poly and this is the you know this is what works and this is what works for me. I want you to explain to people like how freeing for you that was, or like how liberating of a feeling that was. I mean, it was liberating and freeing, but. Probably the best part, the way I could describe it is um, I felt more seen or more visible to my partners. Um, I felt like I was able to integrate a little bit more of, you know, who I am as a sex worker and who I am in my personal life. I was able to integrate those a little bit more and not have to compartmentalize and, um, you know, separate those so much for for fear of being judged or shamed. for my partner, I found the poly community, at least the ones that I have met, have been so much more open and accepting mm-hmm. um, to different forms of sex work. And so, yeah, I just feel more myself and I feel more appreciated and, and visible to my partners. Yeah. And so now that we've talked about all you know all this and this transition and stuff that you have kind of gone through relationship wise like what does a and what what does in fact a healthy relationship look like to you um i think you know we all say things like honesty and trust and communication and stuff but for me the thing that's most important to me is how attentive they are 
um, you know, like remembering my personal needs or my likes and my dislikes. And can I be myself around them? Can I come to them when I have a bad day in sex work? Can I come to them? Can I vent about it openly and honestly and not worry that they're going to judge me or as a way to say, well, you should just quit your job or, you know, when I, when we're fighting, are they going to throw it in my face? Um, you know, can I have a bad day as, as myself and as a sex worker and, and that's okay in the relationship? Um, so, yeah. That's okay. cool. So, so throughout this entire process, like, what have you learned about yourself? Like, t- like talk to me about like your personal growth and kind of like, now that you're like you if you step back and reflect like what does that look like i learned it was okay to set the same boundaries in my personal life as i would in my professional life um for me the struggle has been i'm amazing with setting boundaries with clients in sex work um i know it's okay what's not okay and i know how to communicate and and speak those needs but sometimes in my personal life I tend to be um, so submissive or or so needy for love or attention that I'm not able to do that. Um, so now, for me, the growth has been, you know, enforcing boundaries and and recognizing them and and just using my voice and speaking up more and um, you know demanding respect. And if they won't give it, then being able to walk away and cuddle ties and not feeling bad or guilty about it. Right. I think. The what you said about boundaries kind of actually really stuck out to me because I think um, I'll speak majority, you know, the majority for myself. But I think a lot of people out there kind of sit with the uh, uh, with the belief that um, boundaries that you have for work and boundaries that you have outside of work have to be completely different or they're uh, or, or like very different. And so, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like what I'm hearing you say is. Your boundaries for your job and your boundaries for your personal life are actually very much the same. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. I I just like I said that jumps out because I think that's a very different take from what a lot of people um, kind of grow up I believing and are taught. I think that's very specific to sex work, but I don't know. I mean, so that might be a really great question that you could ask. You know, the next um, interviews and stuff, and see if they have any insight on that because I never thought about it until you brought it up yeah it just it like I said it just kind of really jumped out to me and I'm like huh like I don't think I don't think that's a concept that I um necessarily thought about myself and I like to pride myself as being somebody who doesn't live within the box and 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 likes to have thought that's like on this frontier of like you know open territory so I, you know, I get a kick anytime something like a new idea is thrown my way that kind of like, you know, it kind of lights up my brain. I'm like, huh, that's something to really contemplate on and uh, see what type of, de- you know, philosophy can de- be developed or, or come from that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, with all that, you know, all this, what we talked about, you know, as far as relationships, how you've kind of grown with your relationships and found yourself within them, like, um, I want to know, like, has it changed the way you approach uh, your work or vice versa? How have they affected one another besides the boundaries? I think now having partners who are supportive of my sex work, it's really allowed me um, to be more successful um, and to not feel bad or guilty for investing um, so much time into it. Um and they really go hand in hand because if I'm in a relationship with someone who understands and respects my work, um, I can talk to them about it openly and freely. And we all need that. You know, we all need to be able to come home from our jobs and, and decompress. But when you're in sex work, the big fear is if I come home and decompress about a bad client or a bad day, is my partner going to use this against me? You know, we all have bad days in work. But if, you know, someone who is a lawyer and comes home and has a bad day, you're not going to say, well, you had one bad day, you should just quit. This is, you know, proof of why you shouldn't be doing this type of work. You know, whereas in sex work, it, it is. Right, right, right. So, like, just like you were saying, just kind of reiterate, a big part of that is 
having somebody that understands and doesn't use anything, any hurdle that you come across as an excuse to try to talk you out of what you're doing. Yes, yes. And they both go hand in hand. If I feel um, personally supportive, I'm going to be more successful professionally and, you know, vice versa. Got it, got it, got it. So knowing all that you know now and all that you've learned and grown from, is there anything that you would do different or would you not change a thing because this has kind of all been a part of the, the process, the growth process that enabled you, enabled you to really um, grow and, and flourish, you know, uh, psychologically, you know, emotionally and, and so on and so forth and professionally? I mean... Every part, you know, when you when someone asks that question, there's always a part of you that, yeah, if we could go back and, and change the, the pain and the heartbreak and, you know, all those awful survival situations, a part of us, you know, yes, we would love to go back and change that or say I would do it differently, but no, because it really has um, brought me to the person that I am today. And I think sometimes, you know, I was hard-headed and I had to learn the hard way. Um, so some of my relationships did repeat themselves, you know, different cycles and stuff and until I was able to stop and reflect and, and to break those cycles. So no, I don't think I would do it differently. I think, you know, it all worked out how it was supposed to. Yeah. I, I myself feel that I've gone back and forth on that question when I've actually asked that question of myself, because there are definitely moments in my life where I'm like, that was a huge mistake, or if I had done this different, uh, you know, five, six, ten years ago, or looked at things this way 20 years ago, then things could be completely different. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But then yeah. when I think about that, then I also think about the lessons that I learned since, you know, since yeah. I went through these different moments, and even the people that I've come in contact with, people that I wouldn't... Like I'm, you know, feel privileged. Yeah, I feel privileged to have in my life, and I would like I would would not want them to disappear. You know what I mean? I would always want to have them around. I sit and think I was like, but at the same time, I don't think there's any way that I could give that up. And so it becomes one of those things of if I made this move, could I've you know reached the goal of my dreams or whatever sooner? Um, not to say I still can't reach those goals now. But also, what would life be be like without these this these this wisdom that I've picked up along the way, or these special people that are in my life that are no long you know that would no longer be there? Yeah, and the tools, um, you know, the whole point of you know these hard relationships we go through or hard periods in our life is um, what tools can we amass that can help us in the future? Um, and actually, one of the favorite tools that I've learned over the years and you know, relation to sex work and relationships. Um, there's a, I don't know if you've ever heard of Brene Brown, um, but she talks a lot about, you know, shame and our stories and, you know, our relationships with other people. And one of the things that she said that always stands out that I use is, you know, if I'm having moments of jealousy or self-doubt with my partner, um, instead of accusing them, I will always lead with the story I'm making up in my head is, and then, because that gives my partner a chance to, you know, respond without feeling like I'm attacking them or accusing them or... Right. Uh, yeah. So that's a tool that I've always, you know, used in the past couple of years to kind of put myself into um, perspective. Nice, nice. I actually like that. I like that. So... With the knowledge and the wisdom that you have, and you've done a, I, you know, I, before I ask this question, I've got to say you've done a, a very good job of. Anytime I've, at, you know, I've asked you a, a question, you've done a great job of saying, you know, you know, letting the listener know, like, in my experience, or this is how I feel as an individual, and, and making sure that you weren't speaking for everybody. But yeah, that, that's so important. Right, um, right, right. You know, as a sex worker, I absolutely cannot speak for every sex worker. Um, and that's what's so great about, you know, hearing podcasts like yours that keep bringing different sex workers on because all our stories are unique, um, you know, and we are the only ones that can share them. Um, you know, so having a host that is so open and willing 
to listen to those different stories and perspectives. Um, it's really refreshing. Awesome. I appreciate that. I, I, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to know is when it comes to relationships, if there's any cues or advice that you would pass down to a colleague who was in the midst of a relationship that they were having issues with or trying to juggle the concept of how do I have, how do I have a successful relationship while, you know, while being a, being a sex worker, what would you tell them? What, what type of, what words of wisdom would you leave for them? That's so hard because it's, um, it's different for every person. Right. Um, I just, you know, it goes down to communication and, you know, communication that we might be uncomfortable with. Um, and that looks different in every relationship. Um, I think that's really hard for, for me to say. But the thing that has helped me to be the most successful in my relationship is my relationship to myself. Um, so, you know, really being secure in my decision to do sex work and being secure in my ability to enforce boundaries and um, what self-care looks like for me, until I mastered all those things, I wasn't able to have a, a successful, happy relationship while being in sex work um, because I would just get too burnt out and I would get too overwhelmed. Um, so, you know, to anyone else as a sex worker who is dating or in a relationship, um, just make sure you put yourself as a priority. That, I think that's the number one thing. I think that that's great relationship for advice for anybody, not just someone as a sex worker, but that relationship <laughs> with self and being true to self and being honest with yourself, I think is, uh, it, it is awesome advice to be given. So I um, guess... Oh, go ahead. My bad. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just saying thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to, well, first and foremost, I would like us, and I want to thank you for coming on, um, being willing to kind of share your story and your experiences and talk about um, your experiences through as far as relationships are concerned and sex work. And I wanted to give you the opportunity before we end here to, to let people know, like, if people wanted to learn more about you or get a hold of you, how is it that they can reach you? Um, I would just direct everyone to my Twitter. Um, my Twitter is Callisto Morgan. Um, and from there, you can see all my links, um, you know, to my clip stores, to my blog, to um, all the different capacities, you know, that I do my sex work in. And, uh, but my Twitter or my Snapchat is probably the way to get to know me more personally or interact with me one-on-one. Um, yeah, and if anyone wants to... You know, open up a dialogue or, or ask me more questions, anything they've heard on here. Definitely more than happy to respond to those. Awesome, awesome. So you guys heard it there. Um, if you guys want to have any further questions for her um, or want to learn more about her, get a hold of her, her, you know, her Twitter, her Snapchat. If you have any questions for me um, about this episode or um, any comments, critiques, uh Anything, any pointers, um, anything you didn't like, um, please shoot me an email to chilltimepod at gmail.com. And you guys know that I will answer those as soon as possible. Um, so with that, um, I like to say once again, I appreciate you guys for listening, taking the time out your morning, uh, afternoon or evening. Um, also, if you have uh, if you have the time, please leave me a review on any of the platforms that you are listening to this podcast on um, and spread the word. And uh, also, if any of you want to come, you know, be on the show for once, you know, please send me an email. Let me know. Um, let's have some dialogue and schedule some time to talk and work that out. Um, so without further ado, this has been William Moore and Clisto Morgan, and we are out. Chasers, lost in between two worlds, new 
Bad Cinderella Buddha as a girl Peer pressure to princess Success equals plastic teens They keep shading beauty Cause she chases the American dream Sometimes she knows Sometimes she don't In ears they gossip In mind they lost it In heart they lost it Alone is a treasure Them days don't forget her Them days don't forget her Them days don't forget her So, so Everybody in the room shut up Everybody in the room shut up, shut up Everybody in the room shut up Everybody in the room shut up, shut up All she really wanna do is grow up All she really wanna do is grow up, grow up So everybody in the room shut up Everybody shut up, shut up Conquest of the Far East In search of a fallen star Libras and the Aries They breathe deep and hold their hearts Berlin train to Paris Don't taste the same As long as she loves she The noise will never ever remain Sometimes she knows Sometimes she don't In ears they gossip In mind they lost it In heart they lost it Alone is a treasure Them days don't forget her Them days don't forget her Them days don't forget her So, so Everybody in the room shut up Everybody in the room shut up, shut up Everybody in the room shut up Everybody in the room shut up, shut up All she really wanna do is grow up All she really wanna do is grow up, grow up So everybody in the room shut up Everybody, shut up, shut up. Yeah. You smell like blossoms and shock and you got your own. You had a long day. I heard you never suicidal. Why yo? Why yo? Why yo? I heard you never suicidal. Why yo? Why yo? Why yo? Tell him to shut up.